The sponsor for the month is Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. They've provided resources for churches since 1982 through conferences, books, the Sword in the Trial podcast, video documentaries, online articles found at founders.org, the quarterly Founders Journal, Bible studies, international church search, and the newly launched seminary level training program, the Institute of Public Theology. Founders believes that the biblical faith is inherently doctrinal, and they are therefore confessional in their convictions. You can learn more about Founders Ministries and how to partner with them at founders.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope everybody is doing well today. I've been out for a little bit. My voice disappeared, completely went out uh, for a little bit, and then uh, we actually went on vacation, went to Gatlinburg. And so we've just been out and about, and I've been kind of MIA in December, so what we're going to actually do, because we've been running a uh, ad for Founders Ministries this month, and we're actually going to be doing a giveaway, and it's supposed to have been going all the month of December, but I'm going to actually extend that through January just to get more people involved with that, so you can go ahead and have time to sign up for that. I'll be releasing that today, but I'm just kind of playing catch up, so thanks for being patient with me, and I'm hoping my voice is going to hold up because it has been getting better, but it's been a couple weeks now where my voice has just been strained when I talk, so I haven't been able to preach and... Uh, I've not been able to record, so hopefully now I can uh, I can do this today. My voice will hold up. But we're going to start a new series today. We're actually going to be working through a series on suffering. And I want to bring some uh, different categories to suffering. And I want to put just one banner, suffering, over the top of it and then just speak in kind of an arbitrary manner about all different kinds of suffering. So we're going to work through several different kinds of suffering and differentiate that with consequences from our own bad decision-making and, uh, and really just work through that and then hopefully bring some some uh, care to those who have experienced suffering or going through suffering. So I want to get the categories down today and then what we're going to do is just walk through um, a few things that can be helpful as you're thinking through. Pastors, I, listen, I know that you've been doing funerals and working with hurting people for a long time, but maybe this can be some, some help for you, some tools for you as you continue to do that good work. But let's go ahead and pray. Father, we need your help. And we need wisdom and guidance always. And we, we never stand on our own two feet just by ourselves. We stand with the strength that you give us. And so, God, give us that strength today to do what you've called us to do. It's Christmas week. we got a lot of great things ahead of us this week. And uh, we just want to thank you ahead of, ahead of time for those great things. And we want to lead with joy this week. We want to love you well. And, uh, Father, we want to love our families well. And God, help us to do that. We trust that you're going to. God, I pray for a whole lot of joy for all the listeners this week. And uh, for anybody that's going through a difficult season, maybe somebody they've lost and the holiday season is just a really difficult time, well, God, give them the strength that they need to do uh, ministry well through this time, but also to grieve well and to honor you through it, to rejoice through it. And uh, God, we trust that you're going to help. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So here, here's the goal. Uh, like I said, uh, when we talk about suffering, oft, often when we talk about suffering, we speak about it in such a way that everything that's included in the post-fall era, which we all live in, is included in this word, word suffering. And, and that is certainly true. So, I mean, it is true that within the big banner of suffering, um, we can talk about violations of God's moral or revealed will. So things like murder, that's a consequence of the fall. 
you know, that didn't happen pre-fall. The first murder between Cain and Abel happens post-fall. We think about natural disasters. That's under the banner of suffering. We just went to the Gatlinburg trip, which was amazing. If you've not been to Gatlinburg, I'm telling you, it is a blast. We stayed in Sevierville and had just such a great time. And on the way down there, we had to go through Kentucky because where we're at in southern Illinois, you go down through Kentucky, and then you take 24 all the way through Nashville, go all the way through Tennessee, and then you you uh, you hit 40, and you go through Tennessee, and you end up going through Knoxville and getting to Sevierville. And so it, just the whole thing was amazing. But to get there, we had to drive through Kentucky, and we went through a couple different places on the interstate where that tornado, where the different tornadoes hit Kentucky. And you just see the, I mean, the destruction. And apparently, one of these tornadoes, hit 308 miles an hour or something like that with winds. It was the highest registered wind ever, somebody was telling me. Just remarkable. I mean, you see the power of God. And insurance companies, you know, get this right when they say that this was an act of God. And that is an act of God. But when it comes to uh, things like that, and you say that, oh my goodness, behold the power of God, you have a lot of questions that come because there's also, I mean, this destruction. I mean, you see the loss of life and you see the loss of property. And we know that God values things like property. And so you have these questions that come naturally when you think about natural disasters. Well, then you think about different categories of suffering like illness. And certainly illness is in the word suffering. It's built in. It's like this subcategory that just unfolds as that word just unfolds. And you think about illness and you have illness has its own set of difficulties that you have to deal with. And if you've personally walked through a season of life where you've had you know, big question marks above your head. Of, you know, am I going to survive this or not? Is my family going to, member going to survive this or not? Or if you've walked through somebody that's just, uh, I mean, they're in the battle for their life. And if they lose their life, you know, well, you know, there's, there's a series of questions that come from that. And I just experienced that with a friend of mine. Um, and then, you know, to, not to be confused with these kinds of suffering, you have consequences. You reap what you sow. And it's a principle woven into creation that's experienced by believers and non-believers is this reaping and sowing. If you reap, you will sow. And whatever you reap, you will sow. And that general principle, again, is seen everywhere. If you make wise decisions with, with your finances and if you work hard, the return that comes from good decisions and hard work, generally speaking, is good things. You're going to receive um, money and remuneration for your good hard work, especially right now in 2021 when you have people who don't know how to work, especially younger people. If you're a young younger man, younger woman, and you're a go-getter, uh, you know, and, and pastor, you you have people like this in your church where you, you clearly see a difference between a young person that's a go-getter, that's going to get things done, and a young person that is not in that category at all. And you see the difference there, and you see that one is going to rule the world, and the other is really going to struggle and is going to be ruled by that person the one that's doing the real good work. Um, so we gotta, we got to make distinctions when we're working through different kinds of suffering. And so even though they all fall under the banner of the word suffering, we have some pretty big categories. And what we're going to do here each week is go through each one of these. So we're going to go through next week. Today we're going to get some general counsel and care that's going to be helpful for each one of these as you're walking through each one of these with your people. But, but I think it's really important to, to work through each one of these. So the first one, again, is violations of God's revealed will or revealed moral law. When somebody violates the commands of God and does that to bring harm to another person, because sins committed are never simply in isolation. They're never only sins that are, are harmful to you. They're always harmful to other people. And when we, when we violate God's moral law and his revealed will, God's revealed will can be broken. It can be sinned against. Again, you know, all of this happens under the sovereign will of God somehow or another. But when we 
bump into situations where people are sinning against God and violating his commandments, what's going to end up happening is that other people are going to be harmed and there's going to be a wake of damage behind that person's sinful decisions because they continually violate what God says to do or not do. And so they're going to be bringing harm to themselves and other people. And we're going to talk about that, what, how to counsel people through those situations, um, both the person that's sinning and violating God's moral, moral law, and for those who have been sinned against. Th- this would include things like people who have been sinned against like sexually, sexual sin, if, if they've been uh, raped or if they have been uh, and somehow a victim of predatorial behavior. You're going to have to walk with people through situations like that that are very difficult where they're going to have to recover and they're going to have to honor the Lord uh, in their recovery. And the example that people give all the time of hurt people hurting people is not an option for a believer. Hurt people don't get the option to hurt other people simply because they've been hurt. So you're going to have to walk with people and counsel them through that. Natural disasters, I tell you what, there's a lot of pastors in western Kentucky right now that are having to give care and counsel to people. And it's difficult because people, when they experience something like a natural disaster, a fire burns down their house, or... um, a tornado comes and just tears their house apart from the foundation and you go back to recover your things. Uh, you come up from the basement and the whole second floor, uh, the whole main floor and the whole second floor of your house is completely gone. And your neighbors have experienced their barns gone and all their, you know, their, their work equipment is destroyed. And the insurance is going to cover it maybe and, and you know, that. But, but all those questions. For some people who walk through that, they immediately turn to the Lord and they're like, okay, God, I, I trust you no matter what. This isn't a question. It's not like an existential crisis for me. I'm not asking the, the you know, uh, the questions about, you know, theodicy and God, how could you be just and good from this? But then other people from teenagers down, you know, up through age 90, you know, older people, just all across the board, other people experience things like natural disasters and it's a really difficult thing for them. And they're really asking those big questions. And for them, it's not something that immediately draws them to the Lord. It's something that feels like it's this, like you know, the magnetic, negative magnetic push away from the Lord where you're like, God, how could you let this happen? You know, why would you do this? That kind of thing. And then with illness, when you walk with people through illness, this is not a violation of any of God's moral laws or commandments. This isn't something that you're walking somebody through because they've been sinned against by somebody else and you're helping them walk through forgiveness of somebody else. This is a more of a difficult thing for people to walk through because at times illness feels so arbitrary. It feels like it's so purposeless. And then sometimes when we turn to the Puritans or turn to people that have written a lot on suffering or God's providence, it cannot be, it, sometimes it's not helpful at all. In fact, I have on my shelf right now, I should have pulled it down here, I have The Crook and the Lot by Thomas Boston. And I was reading that a couple years ago, and I don't think it's helpful at all. I think it it actually can drive people to madness and anxiety when you're thinking about what I'm doing and what I need to be growing in and why this why this sickness may have come on me or why did it come on me and, and not somebody else. Introspection can drive you mad in times of suffering. And one of the last things people need to do when they're going through an illness is wondering, oh my goodness, what did I do? The John chapter 9 question that people have, did this man sin or was it his parents' sin? And often in conversations about God's providence or his sovereignty, it can lead people to think, you know, what have I done to, to, to warrant this or to get this? And that can be tremendously damaging to people and not helpful at all. In fact, I don't think we need to be asking that question at all, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But illness can provide its own questions. And then... Uh, consequences for sinful choices. When people make bad decisions, just like we talked about before, there's consequences, and that's a totally different category. But all of that goes under the, su- the suffering category 
that we talk about, the post-fall existence of mankind. Now, there's a couple things I think are really helpful. I heard Nancy Wilson say this a couple years ago. Uh, I'm sure that she got this from Doug. And I think this is just, th- this is the primary thing we need to give people as we're walking with them through difficult cir- circumstances under the heading of suffering. We need to encourage people to get away from the question, why? Why? Why is this happening? You know, the secret things belong to the Lord, God tells us. They, they really belong to the Lord. And what is revealed belongs to the children of man. We, we get to see what's revealed to us and respond to what's revealed to us. We get the commandments of God. We get the declarations of God. We get that. But then, with all these questions, these big questions about natural disasters or illness or being sinned against, we have to ask, what has God called me to do? Not why, what? What is my duty? What is my responsibility in this? If you've been sinned against, okay, what has God called you to do as the victim of the and being the one who's been sinned against? What has God called you to do now? We don't need to get answers for God why. In fact, the Bible doesn't give us questions our answers to those questions. But if we ask the question, what am I to do? We can get a lot of answers. Okay. For instance, if we ask the question, what in a situation like a tornado comes and tears your house off the foundation or that you've been sinned against or a sickness comes your way, what are you to do? Okay. For instance, we get these passages all throughout the scriptures where we get commandments. This is just an example from verse Thessalonians chapter five, starting in verse 16. Rejoice always, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So your house gets torn off the foundation. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. God, thank you so much that you're going to send people my way, that I'm alive, that there's going to be people that come and care for me. Thank you that my family, if somebody in my family died, thank you that they're with you. Thank you that I can trust you in all things. Thank you, Jesus, that you're faithful to me, that you came for me, that you came to rescue me, that you've saved me and forgiven me. And pray without ceasing. So when I'm cleaning up the, the debris, when I'm you know cleaning up uh, and helping my sick family member, whatever it may be, pray without ceasing. God, I need your help. I need your strength. Give thanks in all circumstances. There's something to thank the Lord for in that circumstance. You see, this is t- something totally different than mining internally in your head and in your heart and trying to find out the reason, God, why is it? What area of sanctification do I need to be really working on right now? What area of repentance do I need to be walking in? And what what you know secret sin do I have in my life that, that, that remains unrepented of? See, that, that is so unhelpful in times of difficulty. Instead, if we walk in the commandments of the Lord, we can find a lot of joy and a lot of peace in walking in his commandments in times of difficulty. Give thanks in all all circumstances. We get the explicit statement, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That's what God's will is for you. That's his revealed will in this moment. Now, if we ask why, there's confusion, anxiety, can be madness. If we ask what, we get help. Okay, So that's a huge, big, I think, kind of light bulb moment that we can give our people as they're walking through difficulty. And then, Secondly, from John chapter 11, Jesus knows how to comfort his people. And pastor, this is what I want you to be encouraged with and challenged by as you're walking with with people that are hurting and grieving. Some people are going to need you to speak truth to them. And they're going to need you to remind them of things that they know. They're not immediately going to need you to to weep with them or cry with them. 
They're going to need you to speak with them. And then there's going to be other people that need you desperately to shed a tear with them. And they don't need to be reminded of truth. They know the, the truth. They're not questioning the truth. They need, they, need your, they need you to weep with those who weep. And Jesus will comfort his people. And the Holy Spirit will come and work in the lives of people that are grieving in unique ways. And we see this example in John chapter 11. You, you have Martha and Mary. Martha comes first to Jesus. Mary stays back. And it seems like their posture and countenance is coming from a different place as they come to Jesus. So Martha comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been here, you know, Lazarus is dead now. And what did Jesus do with Martha? Well, the comforts of Christ are not one size fits all. Jesus comes to Martha and comforts Martha. He speaks to her. That's how he comforts her. He reminds her of the truth. He reminds her of the resurrection. He reminds her of who he is. That's what she needed in that moment. And then Martha goes and gets Mary. Mary comes to Jesus. And what does Jesus do with Mary? Well, Jesus, after receiving what seems to be an accusatory tone from Mary, if you'd only been here, it seems like the tone of Mary and Martha, the sisters, was, was a different tone when they came to Jesus. But with Mary... What did Jesus do? Well, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. He wept. That's what he did. And we can expect this. As we live like Jesus by the, by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to sometimes be speaking to those who are grieving, reminding them, hey, God's faithful. You know, keep your head up. He is the lifter of our head. Keep your eyes up. Look to Christ. He's going to give you strength. This is not the end of the story. You're going to have to remind people of truth like that. And with other people, you're going to sit in silence, and there'll be a time to speak, but you're going to sit in silence and you're going, to have to, you're going to have to care for them through tears and trust that the Holy Spirit is working through you just being present, just being present with that person that's walking in grief. And uh, isn't this what Jesus does? Jesus knows how to comfort his people and uh, he's going to use us. That's an amazing thing. He's going to use us to help with that. Guys, we're going to work through these categories. Next week we'll be talking specifically of violations of God's revealed moral law and how we can comfort and care people through that. We're also going to have an interview that's coming back this Thursday and be looking for that book giveaway from Founders Ministry. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week and Merry Christmas.